0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you are made for more. Here's our latest. Hey, we're gonna jump right in, right in, right in. Um, We're in the month of October, right? (laughs) And so many people um, love this month for so many different reasons. Um, but I wanted to give you, if I can get this open, I wanted to give you kind of like an interesting perspective of this month, and I, I just felt like, you know, where we're at in this cultural moment, it's uh, it's interesting where we're at, like with, with everything that's going on, and I just figured, I was like, you know what, I, I want to start a, a collection of talks. I had it already in my calendar. I kind of looked at the months, and I'm like, okay, October, and there's there's five weeks in this month, and so... What I figured I'd do, and I know some people like the spooky and, and um, you know, you like being scared and, and some people don't like this month, you know, um, wherever you're at in that, I wanted to bring a biblical perspective to all of this. And when I say all of this, I, I mean specifically like spiritual warfare, um, demonic craziness, um, wickedness in our day and age, and then like where we're at in this cultural moment. And so if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 8? I'm going to be starting in verse specifically, verse 31. And uh, before we start, I, I, don't, I, didn't, I never knew that I would like hit on topics like this, but I just feel like it's so important to know kind of where we're at in, in the war that we're in. So John the Apostle writes this, starting in verse 31. It says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said... If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That alone we could just preach on. So just ask yourself, just for a moment, one, are you a follower of Jesus? Do you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus? If you do then, do you listen to Jesus? (laughs) Do you obey his word? Do you even know his word? Because if that's true, then you'll know the truth, who Jesus is, and that truth will set you free. Yet, why is it that it seems like so many of us in the church and out are like in bondage? We seem enslaved. We're filled with fear and and like at a reasonable expression. Like it makes sense, right? Like everything going on. Yet Jesus says, my disciples will know the truth and the truth will set them free. And we need to know what the truth was that Jesus spoke about. And so I've been praying, thinking through either, I'm looking at two books that we're gonna just go through the entire book, either the book of Mark, which again is like all about spiritual forces, or the book of Matthew, which is like a very dense look at the teachings of Jesus in a Jewish perspective. So then there's like a lot of like theology to go in that, right, to understand the culture. Nevertheless, we need to know what Jesus said about evil, Starting in verse 33, he says, They answered him, they, meaning the Pharisees, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone, which is incredibly ironic if you know the history of Egypt and the Jews in Israel. They were slaves at a point. How can you say that we shall be set free, Jesus? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This came from Jesus, and then Kanye West coined it, right? (laughs) Verse 37, I know that you're Abraham's descendants, Jesus says, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word, for my truth. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you've heard from your father. The question then is, as he's talking to these Jews, what father, who, what father are you talking about? Verse 39, Abraham is our father, the Jewish leader said. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, that I heard from God, Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Again, what father? They said, we are not illegitimate children. They protested, and and if you look in depth in this, uh, this isn't a cuz, I always get nervous when I say this, but it's just a true, they're basically saying, you're a bastard's child, Jesus. Meaning, we don't really know who your father is, like, Is it Joseph? Because we kind of heard about that. We don't know what happened. You weren't like conceived from Joseph. Joseph said he didn't give like have sex with with Mary. So we don't know. We have, they said, we are not illegitimate children kind of putting a jab on Jesus. They hated him. They couldn't stand him. The only father we have is God himself. And then this is it. You ready? Verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a, watch this, a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth contrary, opposite, anti-truth, for there is no truth in him, the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. I think we need to pray after that. (laughs) Jesus, would you speak to us this morning? God, I I look to you as as my rabbi, as my teacher, I am a disciple of you, Jesus, and yet you spoke about Satan and the devil. So this morning, Father, may we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a body of a posture of just being able to receive what you have to say to us. God, as your word says, your your scripture is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces all the way to the soul. Let this word be that today, this morning for us. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys good so far? So the title of our talk today is, We Are At War With Evil. We're at war with evil. And I think I could get like an amen, because I think we will all agree with that, right? Like, we're at war. We're at war with something. We're at war with someone. We're at war internally. There's something off. There's something not right. And as we begin to follow under the teachings of Jesus, we recognize really quickly, don't we, that we're in opposition all the time. It's like not making sense. It's like, well, that's not like what I know of this. And and first and foremost, before we go any further, like if, if we cannot take what we want out of this book, like especially all of it, but like when you look at Matthew, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, And then you see a man like we talked about it, Saul, that was transformed by Jesus. And Jesus gave him a call to go speak the Gospels. And then he went and he created, started churches. And then now we have two-thirds of the New Testament of epistles of Paul writing to churches. And all of it over and over and over and over again is a reminder that this book is important. And it is the truth. And then Jesus comes and he says, I actually am the truth. And anyone that listens to me and says that you're my disciple, you're going to do what I say. And when you do that, that truth will set you free. So for the next few weeks of October, we're going to look more in depth of the evil one, of his tactics, of spiritual powers. And I'll throw in here and there some of my thoughts and perspectives, though they may be wrong. So you can jot that part out. But there's something about like evil and wickedness and the devil that I think we should talk about. Why? Because if Jesus talked about the devil, shouldn't we? Or at least shouldn't we understand? I think we should not necessarily give him glory. That's not our point here, but as one that is going to go to war and the generals sit around and they're at the table, just look at the Taliban or, or, or all of that craziness, are, are they not like looking and, and strategizing, okay, what is their tactic? How are they going to do this? What do they think? What are they, what's their ideology? No, when you go to battle or war, you kind of know, you, you have to have an understanding of who your enemy is. And I think it's so important that we don't just kind of ride it. And and that was my inclination. My mom told me, she's like the one who just tells it like it is to me. She's like, Sammy, why did you apologize about bringing up the devil and all this stuff? And I'm like, no, no, mom, I didn't think I did that. But no, I see what you're saying. Because it's true. I'll never forget when I was in junior, I was a junior in high school, okay? To the Aiden and the Calebs and the high schoolers. I remember I was a junior in high school and I was in a mess, like in my own world as a follower of Jesus, what I believe was church and was Jesus and what I should do. And then again, that opposition of my soul of the, the culture said and what everyone else was doing and the parties and the scene. And I just remember thinking like, man, there's something off in my soul. And I know that like, I have to figure this out. this This devil thing, this demonic thing, this wickedness, it is true and it is real. And there's something coming after my soul. And I remember like my... My mom, yesterday, she was like, I'm just going to go around the church and start asking people, do you believe the devil's real? Do you believe the devil's real? <laughs> like taking inventory. I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> Yet, there is, there is something to be said about this, right? And again, going back to when I was in high school and I was processing and trying to work through all this stuff, I, I remember thinking that there was this overexpression of like, the devil made me do it. Right? Like you could have been driving this morning to church and you get in a really bad argument with your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife and then you come to church and you're like in worship and you're praying, and you're like, man, the devil made me do that. Why did I do, and it's like, I, maybe, I don't know, but like, couldn't it have just been you being dumb? You know, like, so I'm not trying to say, watch, please hear me clear, careful. I'm not trying to bring credit to the devil, but I am, I am want to wanting to expose his tactics. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I would argue you need to know his tactics. And there's just too often where we don't talk about it, understand it. All you have to do is look around. There are lies everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So we'll go through the the journey of this. And then on October, October 31st is on a Sunday, by the way. There's something to be said about that. And did you know that there was like beauty in like the biblical perspective of Jesus in October 31st? And that just was flipped was deceived, and it's, it's a little different now. I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying there's something to be said. So for Jesus, here we are in the scripture for Jesus, okay? 1.1, if you're taking notes, there is a devil for Jesus. By definition of the devil, he is a slanderer or accuser, one of many names for a creature, the Satan, the evil one, the destroyer, the serpent of old, the dragon as philosophers would say, and the adversary of your soul. Three times Jesus calls Satan the ruler of this world. The ruler in his language in that day was a political word for the highest ranking individual in government. For Jesus, the devil or this creature or this adversary is one of the most influential creatures in the cosmos. So I think we should know that tactic and that enemy, right? So for Jesus, the devil is real, okay? We gotta make that really clear. He's not a myth in mythology. It's not a dragon in narrative form. For Jesus, the devil was real. An invisible but real intelligence that is behind so much of the evil of our soul in our culture and in our society today. In this case, in the scriptures, the story we just read I thought this was interesting the devil is behind the religious leaders of Jesus's day he said the devil is your father like I would not ever want Jesus to tell me that right in other places he Jesus does the same thing about the Roman Empire he says there is an evil yet be, behind that evil is a whole nother level of evil at play, and it is Satan. So again, I invite you and us in our church to consider this thought. What if Jesus was right about the reality of Satan? What if he was? I'm, I believe he was, I'm biased. I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe whatever Jesus says, I'm gonna listen to. And yet I know that the more we like live in culture and walk in culture, there's always opposition. It's like, yeah, I know Jesus said that, but I don't know if that's like for now. Or the Bible says, that I don't know if I should like, we've progressed so much and I, I, I'm not sure. And it's just like, it makes me really nervous inside because I'm like, the truth, if, if we're followers of Jesus, we're gonna follow after Jesus's words. So what if, He, Satan, is the father of lies. And what if we are blind to certain dark forces and think it's simply just the way things are, right? Because again, for Jesus, in this passage of scripture, there is a devil and his end goal is murder. Did you catch that? He is a murderer from the beginning and his goal is to wipe out all of life. So a couple verses later, Jesus says, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and I don't know about you, but like, let's just pause for a second, okay? This stuff is serious, right? So if, if Jesus is right in what he's saying, then I gotta, be, I gotta take this stuff serious that the Satan, the devil, the adversary of my soul, the one that's coming against me and us in society that has a very high rulership in the cosmos is coming against me and wanting to bring and deceive me with lies and his intent is to kill me. But it's slow, right? Maybe it's not immediate, we see that, but oftentimes it's, it's, it's a thief, it steals things, it steals your identity. It steals your perspective. It steals the way that you think about the gospel and about Jesus. And he wants to destroy your life. And, and let's just be honest. Like the more we get old, like that's why I love the, girl, the gray hairs of this, this church and of this like just around me. Because first of all, even if you follow Jesus or not, you've seen much more life than I have. And all we'd have to do is just have a conversation and say, like, if you agree the devil's real, do you like, believe he destroys people's lives, families' lives, relationships? And I, I would say probably, yeah, I could be wrong. Grandma Liz is nodding her head. C.S. Yes. <laughs> Lewis says this, which is, Interesting, he says, there is no neutral ground in the universe, for every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Do you get that? I'm just going to read again because it was just good. There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. So we must be on guard and on watch. We must not go neutral, but we must Look and see, not in fear or terror, but know who our enemy is. And he is, as Jesus said, the father of lies. So to be an apprentice of Jesus is very simply to be at war. I was thinking about this as I processed the title of this conversation. It's like, no, we make no mistake about it, church. We are at war with evil, 100%. We are at war with the devil, with the enemy, and in his plans and his principalities and his powers, and he's coming against us with lies that we think could be true. A little on that in a moment, but we're at war. And we have to stand firm in our soul, in our mind, in our perspective, in how we view the world, how we view the scriptures. And it's so important that we realize that. The reason that your soul or my soul, maybe I'll speak for myself, my mind or your mind, your body, your future, the past, yes, even the present right now is in distress and anxious. Anxiety is on a whole nother level, right? Right out of, or during COVID, suicide was on its highest rate ever, Right? To have justice for people, to be careful of people in the sickness, but yet that, again, because this is his plan, is to isolate. So the moment you're isolated, what does he do? He doesn't come and speak truth to you. You're already loved. You're more than enough, right? No, he says you're not enough. That thing you did that's haunting you of the past, that thing that happened to you, you are not enough. You're ugly. You're nasty. No one cares about you. Might as well just end it all. But when we're isolated and you're by yourself and there's no community and there's no encouragement and the spirit, the spirit, as Dr. Stephen, the spirit of God, the power of God that encourages us and woos us and calls us. When we're not in community, we'll just listen to the lies. And it happens to all of us. It's because we're at war, right? Right? So we cannot make any mistake about this, we're at war. Now, notice that for Jesus, the devil's end goal is to tear down your soul and society. So his ways or means is lies, and Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. So when he lies, he speaks his native language. So what happens is we take on the lies of our day. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, and then then eventually we take them in as reality. So we believe or trust in these ideas. We'll say ideas. There's many ideas out there, many ideologies out there. And just to name a few, we could have a whole series of this. Ideas about God. God. What does our society say about God? God. I'll never forget when I was a junior high high school pastor. Uh, during the week, one of my office days, I loved this. I would get out of the office because I couldn't stand just being behind a table. And I'd go out and we'd go into the Costa Mesa High School. And we were trying to build the Christian club. And I remember I'd go on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Tuesdays, I would just hand out donuts. And I'd be, they'd be like, what's this for? And, like, you can't really talk about religion or anything, like, on the campus unless you're a student. And I'd be like, well, this is for, like, The He is Greater Club. Well, what's the He is Greater Club? The Christian Club. Like, Jesus, you should come check it out. Free pizza on Thursdays. Room 51. They're like, oh, God? No. I'm like, "What? what? What's going on? And they're like, man, God hates people. God hates this, that, this group, that group. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. So do do you like when rumors happen to you? I I told this one student this. Do you like when people give you rumors about who you are, your character, or they lie about who you are? Doesn't that, like, make you sad? And then it eventually makes you angry. You're, like, really bothered by it. And then you're hurt by it again. It's just like, man, that's that's a bummer. I don't know why they're thinking about that, about me. And I said, well, that's what people do about God all the time. They say he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. Why don't you just come and see and find out for yourself? Because the problem is you don't even have to believe in God. You know or think in this culture we're in, God is not good. He's a coward brow waiting to destroy me. The next is sexuality, right? Sexuality. What what does God say about sexuality? It's it's in the scriptures. I'm sorry. I can't take it out. It's in the scriptures, Adam and Eve, it's there. There's a whole theology around it and about it. And yet what happens is as the cultures progress and as we move and as we grow, it's like that stuff is myth or it's a certain genre. It really didn't happen. It's not like, no, we can do and whatever. And our sexuality changes and we listen to a lie and then we take on that lie and it comes in our body and we live it out. And then eventually we actually believe it to be true and then it is true for our life. Sexuality. The next is humanity. What is the world's, what is, what is humanity here? What's the point of it? Spirituality, all forms and kinds of different spirituality. Life, the meaning of life. Like, is it even important? Or is it just like, eh, we're all just kind of created from apes anyway. Money, what is what are the ideas about money or I'll just keep going about time, about marriage, about men. What is the idea about women? What is the idea about family? And again, we can go on and on and on about particular lies. Therefore, we take on the life and truth of Jesus, and we live, and then we thrive. That's what happens. If we take on the life of God, we will thrive. But when we believe in the lies that are not incongruent with the creator of the universe, what happens is we open up our soul to poison, and truth leads to life, but lies will lead to death. So Jesus calls the devil a liar. Are you guys good? I know this is heavy stuff. It's heavy for me. The devil is a liar, Genesis 3. We know it, or we at least can recount it. The serpent comes to Eve, right? Lies, whether that's mythology, whether that that happened, whether it was literal, that that doesn't matter. It's theology, it's in the Bible. I believe it really happened. And there's something to learn and say about our human condition about the serpent and about Genesis three, the serpent comes to Eve with a horrible intent and it comes at her with, watch this, not a weapon, not a, not a, not a gun, not a, a power or an army, it comes with an idea and it's a lie. Well, why, why would God say that? No, you won't die, really? Surely you can eat from this tree So here's what happens with lies. We begin to speak them over and over and over again in our bodies. For example, if you tell yourself you are unworthy of love, unlovable, you're horrible, you're not, like no one can love you because of who you are or what you've done or via like mom and dad or something that happened, you are unloved, you are unworthy and every day you wake up in the morning and you say that over your soul, over your life, you look in the. you're an unworthy person, you're an unworthy person. You will never really be loved because A, B, and C, you're bad. What happens is what was once a lie could become a reality because then you start viewing yourself as this and then you're in community and you're, you know, a victim. Oh, yeah, no. And it's just, yeah, just I'm not loved. I'm not just. No one cares about me. No one loves me. And then you're in community, and then you just, and then you start hurting others. You start doing this. To, you start thinking about this about others, and then you're in community, and then, then you're not in community. <laughs> and then it's just isolated, played out over and over and over. And because you believe it, and your body begins to act in it, it it could become true where you're nasty, you're mean, (laughs) you don't like people, you're arrogant, you think you know it all, you think everybody is just mean, everyone's out to get you, and then you have no friends. Or you believed a lie that you were unworthy. This will become true until, this is good news, you're set free from Jesus, right? You're set free from Jesus. So as we look at the world around us, remember this, the devil's strategy is this, Lies and lies and lies that play into disordered desires or wantings of our soul and eventually become normalized in an anti-God society. This is why Jesus came and said, I am the truth teller. I am the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Jesus, his vision of the kingdom was this. Follow Jesus to take on his mental maps or his kingdom, Instead of your mental maps or the way you process, it, the way you do things, your own emotions, your own ideologies, your own expressions and wantings and desires. And, and dare I say, right, I think we'd all agree, the more we kind of do whatever we want, it will lead us eventually to chaos. That's why we need like railing, we need guideline, we need God to, to help us and we participate and we stand in and we say, I don't want my kingdom, I want your kingdom, God. So this is why Jesus didn't come with physical war. This is so important. He didn't recruit soldiers to fight in his physical battle, yet he is put on trial because he becomes a threat to the Roman Empire. So John 18, almost done here. John 18, 36-37 says, Jesus said, my kingdom, as he's talking to Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. And if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. I love Jesus' response. He said, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth, the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Interesting, right? And then Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? that question that we've been trying to figure out for millennia. What is truth? So if Jesus is a king, he is a different kind of king. Not a warrior that we think we needed or a king that we think we needed to come and fight a physical battle, right? He comes, Jesus, sermon on the mount teaching against violence. That was Jesus, a pacifist. He radically redefined what a warrior is and what That war was, and that war is right now. For Jesus, the real enemy wasn't Rome or the teachings of the Pharisees or the craziness going on. The real enemy for Jesus was the world, which was not his kingdom, the desires of the flesh or the Garden of Eden, that whole problem, or most importantly, the devil. That's the real enemy of Jesus, right? The world the desires of my flesh, of my wantings, and the devil. So the most quoted prophecy in the Old Testament by the New Testament writers was Psalm 110. You should read it, but I'll read just a little bit of it, okay? They knew this about Jesus already. He didn't have violence, he didn't come with a sword, he didn't come and tear anything down in the Roman Empire, and yet they quoted this, his disciples, New Testament writers about Jesus in Psalm says this. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Then moving forward, the Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. He will drink from a brook along the way and so he will be lifted up in his head high. I don't know about you, but that is like a battle cry. That's war right there. That's a prophecy. It's bloody, it's messy, it's violent. This coming Messiah would do this, and they knew this about Jesus that he wasn't violent, but yet they quoted this the most about him. All of the New Testament writers said this about Jesus. Remember, your enemy isn't flesh and blood. Do you know that, guys? We need to know this. The enemy is not flesh and blood. The enemy, as Paul would write, is against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. Behind all of that would be Satan himself. Jesus' weapon wasn't a sword or a drone. His weapon was to tell truth, which is gnarly to me. He came to tell and speak the truth. That was his biggest weapon. 2 Timothy 2, 25-26 says this, Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Make no mistake about it, we can be enslaved by the devil and do his will. So to end with this, this is a worship team. You guys can come on up. Jesus said, you will know the truth, him, and he will set you free. Church, this is so important. I, if that is true, I need to know what this says. From, from, the, from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, from what Jesus taught about life, and if he spoke about the Old Testament, and if he spoke about Jonah and Elijah, if he spoke about Abraham, then I must know the old and the new, and I must look at it and tell myself, I know I might not like the things that come out of this book, but if this is truth, I want it. Because I don't want to be deceived, I don't want to be led astray, I don't want my life to be eventually under the snare of the evil one. Truth and lies have zero power over us until we internalize it, did you know that? This one's interesting. Truth and lies have zero power over us until we actually internalize it, until we actually believe it, until we actually trust it, and then we live it out, whatever those are, the truths or the lies, and this will lead us to life or it will lead us to death. So, church, We are at war with evil. And that war is within us, and it's a battle of truth, and it's a battle of lie. It's a battle of wickedness that seems to prevail over the face of the earth. And and I'll be honest, I want to do this with Doc one day, so hopefully we do. But like going through the book of Revelation, like looking at it, because I don't know if you knew this, guys. Like, we need to know this. I was taught one different, pers- one perspective of the end times. There's going to be a rapture, and we're going to be caught up, and then you're going to come down, and then Jesus is going to come back, and then the Antichrist, and then this. It's like a chronological order. And then I got to Bible school, and there's two other views that many believe. One of them, hopefully this doesn't scare you, is that there, there's not going to be, like, a rapture. We'll go up, but that doesn't mean that there's going to be we're going to be taken away from all the suffering or all of the evil or of the beast or of the antichrist we might still be here let that wreck your theology, it wrecked mine and so I don't know about you but if Paul the apostle Paul the apostle believed that Jesus was coming back. And you know what he was doing? He was preaching the gospel. He was going to cities and he was telling them about Jesus. Jesus coming back. He's coming back. You got to figure this out. There's a battle of principalities and powers and rulers. And it's run by the devil himself. And he's not in hell like we think he is with a stake and he's like listening to us. No, he's here roaming the earth. Don't you see it? Can't you sense it? It's darkness at a whole nother level. So for me and my house, me and Kelly and Lenya and our future children, we're going to believe this book. And we're going to stand on the truth. And I don't care what's going to persuade us. I don't care what progressive movement. I think there's wisdom and there's truth. But at the end of the day, if it does not come from God's word himself, I don't want anything to do with it. And so I'm going to obey and I'm going to listen, even if that means, is, is I mean, this scared me when I was little. Even if that means they cut my head off. <laughs> Did you guys see all the like the left behind and the, the Armageddon? And the... But if Paul the Apostle believed Jesus was coming back, he didn't care. He didn't care what city he lived in, what state he lived in. He knew who God said he was. So be encouraged this morning. Yeah, the devil is waiting like a roaring lion ready to devour you, but watch this. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. I have come to set you free from bondage and slavery so we're no longer slaves of sin. I'm set free, baby. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of whatever the enemy can throw at me, demonic powers that are coming against me at night. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So nothing can stop me. Why? Not me, Sammy. Nothing can stop the spirit of God that is within me. So no devil in hell, no demon can come. It's scary, let's be honest. But Jesus is more powerful. It's not a dualism. It's not a boxing match. It's not an MMA, UFC fight. Who's going to win? Jesus has already won. But The kingdom is both here and to come. We're in the in-between right now. So I don't know, church. Like, I'm just going to be serious. I'm not going to be led astray by the culture. I'm not going to be led astray by the news. I'm not going to be led astray by some philosopher or some psychologist. I want to know what the word of God says. And I'm going to listen. I'm going to study it. There's biblical due diligence. There's different perspectives. But I just need to know Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. So, I don't know. Are you ready? Are you a follower of Jesus? Do you listen to his words? Do you abide by him? Because if you follow his truth, he will give you abundance. If you follow the devil's lies, it will lead to death. Right? So, hopefully we worship a little harder today. Hopefully we sing a little louder today. Hopefully you can leave and have confidence in your soul that, yeah, come on, Chase, I'm going to go surf. I'm going to go do life. I'm going to go do what I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy, but I'm going to keep close watch, and I'm going to know my call. Do you know your call? Do you know your contribution to the church? Mine is to abide by this. Mine is to live by this. Mine is to declare this as a watchman. So I'm listening and I'm praying, God, what are you saying over this cultural moment? What are you speaking to us? Where are we going? What is happening? And the only thing I can go back to is the truth of God and the word of God. And that he's going to speak and he's going to move and he's going to conquer. And he's going to show us what to do. Come on. He's going to show us what to do. And it's all here. And there's hope. And there's peace. That doesn't mean, as Maddie said in her woe today, man, that doesn't mean we're not going to go through trials. That doesn't mean, as Jesus said, take heart. But in this world, you're gonna, it's going to be hard. It doesn't mean that. It just means that I know where I'm going. And I know whose I am. And I got a, I got a power of God in me. So, So then what, right? Well, that's what you gotta ask yourself. Well, then what do I do? That's between you and God. How do I live my life? How do I think about the person I wanna marry? How do I think about the children that I wanna raise in this cultural moment?